I, I uh, we, we, we pray about this before service and we, uh, we talk about it, but I just, I want to acknowledge it and give God glory for it. Because we often say as we gather as a team, as we prepare, it's like, God, if you don't show up, Lord, if your presence isn't in the gathering of your people, if you don't make yourself known, then, then Lord, it's kind of like what Moses said. It's like, if you're not coming with us, God, we don't want to go. And so it just kind of, the importance of that in our midst um, cannot be overstated. It's so important that we encounter the presence of God and uh, because that's what changes us and that's, that's the power of God at work in our midst and we, we definitely appreciate that. It's, well, it's a, it's, here it is and, and I'm very grateful and it's like I'm probably, uh, it's probably a dangerous thing to say but I cannot believe that I have gotten this far through the morning and nobody has tried to prank me that I know of. <laughs> so that it's, it's dangerous ground to be upon, being April 1st. And uh, so thank you for whoever had an idea to do something and didn't do it. They're working on it, right? Yeah. yeah it's, you're one of the ones I'm worried about, definitely. Steve, you're definitely one of the worried ones. But it's good. There's, there's, uh, there's great things. It's, it's, it's not just April Fool's. This is Easter Sunday. This is the Sunday of Sundays for the church. We are gathered on Easter. I love Easter. We had Good Friday service on Friday, and I was like, man, with the end of the service, I was about this far off the floor, and I'm like, I cannot wait for Sunday. It's going to be so good. And uh, so I'm very excited to be here this morning. We've got some great things that are going on, a few new things. Like it's spring, you know, the flowers are starting to show up a little bit, a few neat things going on. You know, at Faith Church, we want to be a friendly church, a welcoming church, a family church, and, and we want to make it easy as possible for people to get involved and get connected. And with that in mind, starting this Sunday, like Today, this morning, we're actually kind of kicking off our Faith Next area after the service. So Faith Next is an opportunity for people to get connected, to find out more information. The, the area is located to the back, your right, my left, towards in the back corner there. Jordan and her team would love to connect with you there. If you're a first-time guest, that's fantastic. That's a chance to maybe you can find out a little bit more. If you want to get involved, if you want to get baptized, if, you want, if you've got children that you want to have dedicated, all that that gets done through that opportunity to go back there. It's just a fantastic thing that we're launching. I'm very, very excited about that. And so you can, you can check that out after the service when we're doing the coffee time. Grab a coffee and check that out. If, uh, you know, for those that call Faith Tabernacle Church their home, we're also excited to be launching our new website, which uh, is going to be a one-stop for all things Faith Tabernacle Church. It'll be a place where you'll be able to go to find events, sign-ups, and all that stuff. You can check that out at faithhalifax.info, and that'll be a fantastic way for you to get involved there as well, um, you know, if you don't have time to stop by the Faith Next area. So those are very cool things to be going on in the life of the church. I like Moving forward, I like finding ways to help people get connected and to be part of the family because I love this family. It's a great family to be a part of. Well, here we are. We're in, well, it's Easter morning, but it, we're, we're in a series, a series called Found, where we've been looking at the life of Jesus and things, finding things in him, finding our identity in him, finding, finding our purpose in him, finding our passion in him, finding our strength in him. All these things that we can find in Christ. And we're going to be continuing that this morning. Finding things. Do you ever lose things? Your keys, a pen, your phone. 
your car in a parking lot? <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. There's, a, there's all kinds of things that we can lose, right? You know, there's a, but me, I, I tend to be a little bit of a mechanic. I like working on stuff, and it never fails. I'll get under a car, and I'll use a wrench, and I'll put it down, and I swear, 30 seconds later, I can't find the wrench. I think there's a, there's a little wrench fairy that comes along and steals them and runs off them. I don't know, but it's like things like that happen. But here's the thing. Finding something 100% depends upon looking in the right place. And some people said, well, thanks, Captain Obvious. Well, yes, yes, I know. I know that that's obvious, but it's true. Mom, I can't find my jacket. To which mom says, well, where did you have it last? Which, of course, immediately goes to mind. It's like, well, if I knew that, I would know where my jacket was. But, but Come on, like give mom credit. She's just trying to eliminate the obvious and bring it down to eliminate some, you know, some other options. My, my brother's actually a member of the ground search and rescue team, volunteer with that. And they do searches most often in wooded areas. Someone is reported missing and they, they go and they, they look for those that are missing. And it's a bit more of a challenge than looking for a car in a parking lot because someone that's in the woods can move on its own. Right, you know, the car, you expect it to be where you left it. Well, when someone's kind of in the woods, a person can move around, so it makes it a little bit more of a challenge. But, but search and rescue teams, they typically focus their search area based on the testimony the last, of the last person that either saw them or where the person themselves indicated that they would be. Right, so they use that information to narrow the, shirt, the search. We've been in a series of messages, like I said, called Found, where we've been looking at the topics of finding identity, of finding strength, finding purpose, and last week, finding passion, all based on the life of Jesus from his baptism to his post-resurrection appearance and to the disciples. So we've been talking about this looking for and finding. Speaking of finding, hey, kids, kid, who, where are my kids here? Can you, guys, can you guys see me? Yeah, Colin. Yeah. When you guys come in, did, did you get one of these packs? Did, did all you guys get one of these packs? Did all your kids? I hope so. Okay. I'm going to try and do this with a microphone here. This is awesome. See, we got this cool little booklet here. All the parents are like, how come we're all the adults? are like, how come we didn't get saying? <gasps> oh, you know, there's smarties in there. Crayons. Hey, guys, did you, did, if you look in your pack, did you see one of these? Hold it up. Hold it up so I can see it. There's one, two, three, six. See these magnifying glass? Yeah, that's good. I see that one back there. Okay, you, you got those? Here's the thing. If you look in your little booklet, there's actually a message in there for you that you can find. But in order to find it, you have to use your magnifying glass. And when you use your magnifying glass, if you search those pages, there's some teeny tiny words in there that you can find. And see if you can find those words and put them together and see what the message is for you this morning. Okay, so if you've, you've, you've got your magnifying glass, you can start searching. You can be your little, hey, I, I need two of these. That's awesome. So that's, that's for you this morning. And just remember, as you keep looking, and, you, and when you play with your magnifying glass, just remember, life is found in Jesus. When you're playing with this, life 
is found in Jesus. I want to look at the, again at the story of Jesus as we continue this series of messages called Found. I want to pick it up in Luke chapter 24. Jesus had d- just died on a Roman cross. Joseph of Arimathea, he was a good man. He, he knew Jesus. And he goes to Pilate, which was probably a brave thing to do. He goes to Pilate and he asks for Jesus' body. And he places it in his own tomb. The women that followed Jesus, and it, they, they went with him. They went with, with him to the tomb, and they, they planned to return after the Sabbath with spices and perfumes to, to finish the burial process because the Sabbath was in the middle there. And I want to pick it up, the story, in, in Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 1. So this is the story. Jesus has already been crucified. He's been buried. And this is, these are the events following that, the next morning, the Sunday morning. This is Easter, okay? This is the Easter story. And it says in Luke chapter 24, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men, clothes that glimmered like lightning, stood beside them. I want you to use your imagination, because I do, because this is like this. Use your imagination here. Okay, so they go to the tomb. The stone's gone, first of all. Then, Then they get there, and they go in, and they look, and there's nothing but the grave clothes left. And then these two guys appear with clothes like lightning. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. Natural response, right? (laughs) And the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. These are angels here. I'm I'm like, ooh, this is cool. He is risen. And he says, Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? It's like he's reading their mail now. Right? He's like, guys, he's like, you remember this? He's like, come on, this, this happened. You should have known while he was still in Galilee. It says, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified on the third day. He will rise again. I mean, remember? And then like, oh, yeah. Yes, they remembered. And, and when they came back from the tomb, They told all these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they didn't believe the women. Because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, he got up and he ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, And he went away wondering to himself, what has happened? I want to take a moment and pray. God, I pray that in the midst of of your word being declared, Lord, I pray that you will speak by your spirit and you you will connect with us, Lord, on a level that words cannot. Lord, that your spirit, that the truth of your word will come forth, Lord, in a way that brings freedom, healing, life, oh God. Lord, help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear what you're speaking to the church this morning and to us as individuals. Lord, help us to remember and help us to look for you in the right places. In Jesus' name, amen.
an incredible story. Finding life. Finding life. Jesus, he was taken down from the cross. Like, I want to just kind of walk you through that story. I want you to imagine with me. Be with me here. Jesus was taken down from the cross and laid in Joseph's tomb. The women saw where he'd been buried and left with the intention of returning after the Sabbath and finish the burial process with the spices, etc. Okay, so that's, that's kind of the, just the reality, the surfacey part of it that was happening. They were mourning the loss of their dear friend and rabbi. He was dead. He was the, the man that had been leading them, their leader, their, the one they loved. He was gone. And they were going through the process that you would normally do with the passing of a loved one. They were responding in that way. They, they, they found a burial place. They were making arrangements. I mean, if you've ever lost a family member or someone close to you, you know that you go through a process. There's a process to it. And, and as they continued to do that, they, they made the arrangements. And it's just what you do when someone passes. It's, it's a place to to find closure and begin the healing process. It's part of that journey. And, and I think that Mary and the rest of the ladies, they were doing just that. They were trying to find closure. They were trying to come to grips with their grief, finding comfort in the midst of great loss. They were, they were doing just what they knew to do. It's what you would expect to have happen. But, but then, then the strangest thing was going on. It's like Because when they went to the tomb, things were not as they expected them to be. Like they went there ex probably expecting to need help to roll this stone away. And they get there and the stone's already moved. They, they look and, and there's no body. And, and they had gone there looking for comfort in performing the burial rites of a loved one and instead found an empty tomb. Like go with them in your mind. They were, they were going with this in mind. And then the angels appeared on the scene. And the angels asked probably one of the most profound questions in the history of creation. The, the women are there. They're, they're going through the process, and they step into it, and the angels appear to them, and they say, they say this. Why do you look for the living among the dead? It's almost like he's saying, like, guys, why are you surprised to see this? Why are you surprised to see the grave empty? He said, he told you he wouldn't be here. He was just borrowing the tomb for a little bit. He just needed it for a day or two, okay? It was a rental. It wasn't an ownership, right? And they go on to say, the comfort that you seek, the closure you so desperately need is not found in embalming a dead prophet, it's found in a living, risen Savior. It's not found here. What you're looking for is not found in a tomb. He is risen, just as he said. He is risen. It must have been shocking. I mean, yeah, even though you know, right? You know there's things that we know, even though we know things, when it transpires, when things happen, it's shocking. And when the women, they took the news to the disciples, they were greeted with a less than faith-filled response. Right? The, the guys are together. 
the women tell them, you know, what's on. The, they say, hey, we went to the tomb. It's empty. The, the, like two guys like dressed in lightning. They, they said that he's risen. He's not there. And, and of course, the men being very spiritual, being, being just so grounded, they think, oh, man, the women have lost it. <laughs> the grief has gotten to it. They're, 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 they're talking crazy. They've totally lost the plot. And this is the disciples we're talking about here. These are the ones closest to Jesus, those that asked the questions, those that said, Jesus, could you explain that? And he did, right? Those that, that were there and, 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 and like, the expectation was that they should have known what was going on, really. But, but their response is like, these women, they've lost their mind. I mean, what's going on here? Peter hears it and he says, he decides he's, he's got to go check this out for himself. I mean, Peter's a little bit rash, a little bit, you know, whatever. But so, he, so he goes to the grave. He runs to check it out to try to figure out what's going on. What is going on? Boy, can I relate to them. Man, can I connect with both those, the ladies and their reaction and, and to the guys, probably more so to the guys. I have learned with my wife that when she tells me something like that, rather than think you're crazy, to just nod and go, you know what, she's probably right. I found that to be true over the years. It's, it's, it increases longevity, um, but there's, but I can relate to these guys, right? I'm glad it's recorded, right? Because if it was cut and clean and simple and smooth and very, very slick, you could look at this and go, nah, nope, it's a sales pitch. Do you know what I mean? But this is, this is realistic. This is reality. This is like how any one of us would have reacted in this situation. It makes it so much more powerful when we realize that this is how they reacted to a situation that seemed like it was impossible. I mean, let's remember that Peter, a man who spent time with Jesus in person, who heard him tell him over and over again that he would be betrayed, crucified, third days rise again. Peter, full, Peter, Peter wondered to himself what had happened when he saw the empty tomb. <laughs> again, Captain Obvious, but... Faith would not be faith if it didn't require faith to believe it. I know, that's profound. That one will get tweeted. That, one, that's, that one's going on Facebook. Faith would not be faith if it did not require faith to believe it. Why do you look for the living among the dead? How many times do we look for life, for fulfillment? We even look for God in dead things. And it's not new. This has been going on for years you go back to the Old Testament, the nation of Israel interacting with their God, Yahweh. Jeremiah the prophet, he's a guy that kind of spoke for God to the nation. He said this in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. He says, my people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water. So that's, that's bad enough. But then it says, they've dug wells of their citrons, cisterns of their own, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. They, they've, they've walked away from God. But then they've dug these own wells for themselves. It, it was twofold. The rejection of God's one thing. But then creating something themselves in an attempt to replace him? I mean, it's, a, it's a kind of a reference to idol worship, but he's saying you've, re you've rejected the creator of life for something that is lifeless. He even, like, I love 
Jeremiah and Isaiah and some of the, they start to tease people a little bit. It's like, you know, you make an idol out of a piece of wood, you cover it with gold, and then from the same tree you take wood and you, you know, burn it to make supper. You know, it's like, does that, you know, like, they kind of tease them. It's like, well, that's great, guys. It's like, you got a piece of wood here that you worship and a piece of wood there you burn for lunch. So it's that sense of trading things. But think about it. How many times have I, how many times have we fallen into the habit of looking for life in all the wrong places? We think a relationship will make us whole. So we go from train wreck to train wreck thinking that the right person will satisfy our need for something that they can't give. It's a need that there's no way they can fulfill. We think that the right career move will bring us fulfillment, and we work and we work and we drive ourselves only to find that we're still empty because we're trying to fill a void that a career can't fill. We're looking, why do you look for the living among the dead? And maybe that leads to self-medication. We attempt to be blissfully numb, only to find that we can't stay numb forever, and when the numbness wears off, we're more dead inside than we ever were. The angel asks the question, why do you look for the living? Why do you look for life? Why do you look for those things that will sustain you among the dead? It's a natural thing to do. Understand that. It's a natural thing to do. Mary and her companions did it. The disciples did it. We've all done it. We did what comes natural. And in the moment, we find ourselves looking for something that brings life among the things that never satisfy in the long run. I want to direct your attention to the screens for a moment. We've got a video for you. And it's kind of a recap. It's a way to express this whole series in four and a half minutes. So please draw your attention to the screen. Yeah, we can all go home now. Easter. Easter is a celebration of the fact that Jesus stands alone in history as the resurrection and the life. He passed every test. He overcame every challenge. He obeyed every request of the Father. He set free the captives. He preached the good news of the kingdom. He died for you and for me and for the sins of the world. And he rose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave to bring life. To bring life for you, to bring life for me. No other religious leader ever did that. Only Jesus. Only he can make that claim. And only he has the authority to bring what he brings. He alone can declare, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Only he can declare, as he did in John 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The same power. Come on, somebody. The same power that raised Christ from the grave is available to us if we will accept it. See, if that doesn't blow your mind, nothing will. The same power that raised Jesus from that stony grave to life eternal is available to us through what he did on that cross. I'm going to ask the, the team to come back as I close. That power is available for all who will accept it. 
For the teenage girl asking if she measures up to all the images and the commercials and the endless social media comparison, Jesus answers, you are beautiful, daughter of the king, a masterpiece created with purpose. That is who you are. For the man asking, do I have what it takes to be a good husband, a good father, a good friend? Jesus answered, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Greater is he that is in you than, great, than he that is in the world. He who calls also equips. For the senior feeling alone, Jesus is our constant companion who never leaves us or forsakes us. In a world full of uncertainty, violence, strife, Jesus brings hope and peace. And like the Apostle Paul, we, we declare, I am convinced that neither height nor depth, neither life, death, no matter what the world throws at me, I'm convinced that nothing in all creations, angels, demons, you name it, nothing in the created world, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That, that's the resurrection life. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. We're here this morning to celebrate a risen Savior. We're here. Easter is about celebrating a risen Savior, not a dead prophet, not some good teacher. The Savior, our Savior, your Savior. That's the thing. This is personal. It's not about the crowds. Jesus was about the crowds, but it's for you. He, see, he looks down through eternity. He looks down through time, and he saw your need of salvation, and he went to the cross for you. If, if you're here this morning, if you're looking for identity, it's in him. If you're here this morning and, and you're struggling and you're looking for strength, it's in him. If you're here this morning and you're looking for purpose, you know there's got to be something bigger than yourself. You've got to know that you were created for a reason. You weren't a cosmic accident. You were created on purpose, for a purpose, by a creator that designed you specifically for that purpose. Your purpose is found in him. Maybe, maybe this morning you're wondering where to find your passion. Your passion is found in him. He brings something alive in us. He, he, he lights a fire in us that, that, that nothing else can ignite and no thing on earth can extinguish. Our passion is in him this morning. And it's Easter Sunday. It's Easter Sunday, people. Life. 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 Life, it's found in him. Life is found in him this morning. The culmination of everything. Life is found 
in him this morning. Oh, oh we serve a risen Savior. We, we've got to stand together. <laughs> oh. Sometimes we, we look at Christianity, or some people look at Christianity as being something that's exclusive. Because when I say Jesus is the only way, life is found in Him and Him alone, we say those things, well, that's pretty exclusive. The solution is found in one man, Jesus Christ. Is it exclusive? No. For God so loved the world that whoever, whoever, whoever believes in him, that's not exclusive. You can't get any more inclusive than that. That, that's beyond gender. That's beyond race. That's beyond age. That's beyond all those things. You're whoever this morning. Whoever believes in him. In him. In him. In him. Whoever. You're not excluded. There's no one in this room today that's excluded. There's no one in this city today that is excluded. There's no one in this promise, in this province that is excluded from him. I'm sorry, I get a little excited about that. It's the reason I do what I do. In him. If you're here this morning, know this. Life is found in him this morning. What you're looking for is in him this morning. If you've never submitted your life to him, if you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, trust me. Trust me, it's in him. What you're looking for is in him. It's not in that relationship. It's not in the money. It's not in whatever you can put into your body to try to make you feel better. It's in him this morning, in him alone, in him alone. in him if you're here this morning just ask you to close your eyes for a moment across this room this isn't a kind of a formula or whatever this is just this is an opportunity I just want to throw out an opportunity if you're here this morning and you can feel, you can sense something in your heart you sense you're here and you do not know Jesus or you maybe you once served him and you're far from him and this morning you're realizing, man, it's in him. You know, you've tried everything else. And maybe you're here and you make it look good, but you know. You know what's going on in your heart. In this moment, can I just tell you, it's in him. If you want to, if you want to change that, if you, want, if you want to be in him this morning, if you want to reach out to him this morning, can I ask you to raise your hand? We're just going to pray together. Just a short prayer. And then I encourage you to just to, to take a moment at the end of the service and just kind of step back into that, that area, that faith next area. And we'll give you a chance to talk to you a little bit there. But is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Yes. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Can we just say a little prayer together, church? And let's all say this out loud. And It's just a recognition of that transaction, so to speak.
It's more than a transaction, trust me. But if you could just repeat this prayer. God, I come to you with faith in Jesus, believing that he died for me. I recognize my need of a savior. I can't do this on my own. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. I give my life to you today. And I accept your forgiveness, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we... Now, can we worship God for who he is so that this place can't contain it? We're about to go to communion, and we're going to celebrate the Lord's table, and no greater celebration of what Jesus has done than doing that. Let's worship him this morning. Let's worship him.